And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. What's up, hustlers? Welcome back. This is Andrew Morgan's founder of Marknology here as today's host of Startup Hustle. Today, we're going to be talking about financing for Amazon sellers. But before we get into exactly what that means, we're going to talk about also uh, the history and career behind the founder of Acrumi. Um, before I introduce Don, uh, I would love to give a shout out to our sponsor, Fullscale.io, helping you build software teams quickly and affordably. Now back to Don. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Andrew. It's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. We're going yeah, to we're gonna have fun today. Yeah, and I knew we were. I saw you on my schedule. I was excited. You know, we met, I think we met in person at uh, Midwest Ecom yep. in Minneapolis, but um, I've obviously heard of a crew me before then and and honestly didn't even know quite what separated you guys from the rest. And and now yep. that I now that I'm aware, honestly, I'm going to have a hard time sending sellers anywhere else. And um, I love it. so we're going to dig into that. But before we do, as as a as customary on my show, I'd like to get to know you a little bit better. And, oh, and what I know that the audience yeah. doesn't is that um, your career started before crew me. You've already done some amazing things that I'd love to get into. Um, where did you start either in business or entrepreneurship? I don't know if they went in that order or not, but like, was it something you kind of came straight out of school or you jumped right into, or how did you get your start? All right. So, you know, you asked this question differently than anybody else. And I'm going to tell you that goes back to like when I was 11 years old, Okay, as crazy as that sounds, but you know, I would ask my father to buy the wall street journal. And at the time I think he bought the penny stock news because he was like, well, why would you want this? And I was just interested in money and stocks and all that stuff. So I was constantly reading about that stuff. I didn't read about anything else. That was it. And I ended up becoming a paper boy. You know, okay. today, today, nobody knows what that is. But literally, you know, crazy going, you know, on, on a bike, going down the street, throwing papers here and there. And, you know, well, I ended up taking it to the next level. I ended up going door to door on my route and any house that was not buying our newspaper I would knock on their door and I would pitch them on buying the newspaper. So I was the number one salesman on Long Island. <laughs> you know, so in Long Island's got like, you know, 6 million people. There's a lot of people here. And yeah. I sold more papers than anybody to the point where it was unruly. I couldn't handle the, the route. It was so big. You know, I'd have to go back and get more papers. It was crazy. But I made so much money. When I was 12, I went to my father and said, Dad, can you take me to the bank? He goes, why do you want to go to the bank? I said, I want to take out a loan. He goes, why would you want a loan? I said, because I want to create a credit rating. He's like, what is that? My parents didn't have credit cards. They didn't believe in loans. You know, it was you know, yeah. old school. And so I went, I had $200. I put it down in, a, in an account. I borrowed $200. I paid it off in six months. Now I have $400. I borrowed that. And I did that multiple times. So when I was 16, I had a credit card before my parents. Uh, you know, when I was uh, 17 or 18, I went to buy my first car. I didn't need anybody to co-sign. I had a credit rating. I had mm. you know, a, a dozen loans. I, you know, I was already doing things. So it was in my blood. And 
what, what I ended up doing was starting a financial planning company. I taught myself how to do it. I got all the licenses. I did really, really well with it. And I learned about the mortgage world. People asked me questions I didn't know. So I learned and I started a mortgage company and I built it to one of the largest in, in New York state. And I sold it 10 years later and I built a, a mortgage broker franchise similar to what I'm doing now. I, I created an industry that was never done before. Mm. It was, you know, nobody ever had this idea. So I created this idea. I created the company. I, I got a, a tremendous technology partner. What, this is just when the Internet started. It was incredible. I can tell that's a whole nother story. That's amazing. And sold that 18 months later. So what do I do then? I'm, I love being on the fields with the kids. You know, that's what I enjoy doing. That's what my passion was. Soccer, lacrosse. So I started a soccer newspaper. I built Ooh, it to I like that. 100. Yeah, there was no digital at the time. It was all, you know, just a plain newspaper. So full newspaper, 32 pages. Half of it was ads. I'm the only person. I did every ad, every article, got every picture. The official newspaper for New York State soccer, 167,000 copies per month. And I did everything, soup to nuts. And I sold that. You know, because I wanted to buy another one and it, it just that fell through. So I didn't see the big win there. So I sold it and, you know, made money with it. Uh, and I just kept doing these things. So, you know, I go from financial planning to mortgages. I bought a real estate company, built that. I go into publishing. I started an entertainment company. You know, why? I don't know. It was just an idea. A friend of mine asked me to invest in, in a movie. I, and I, long story short, I said, why don't I invest in you? He goes, what do you mean? I said, why don't I put a lot more money into a bank account and you could take a salary and then you'll never have to ask anybody to invest in a shitty movie again. And he goes, wow, that would change my life. I said, so let's change your life. So we ended up doing eight feature length films with Tom Cruise, Natalie Portman, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, you know, Mark Ruffalo, on and on and on. Crazy stuff. And we also created and produced the Broadway show Rock of Ages. And which became the 30th longest running play of all time. Wow. You know, yeah, I never did any of this stuff. You know, I, I just kept doing things that I was uncomfortable doing. Got back into the mortgage company and built a company to the sixth largest in the nation, you know, making hundreds of millions of dollars. Now, I didn't own the company. It was public. But I was the number one, you know, person in the company and the number one uh, income earner in the company, which was great, uh, you know. Bought and sold 300 houses in 18 months just because it was, you know, yeah, I, I, let me see what this fix and flip thing is, you know. Uh, and if there was anybody in the house, I would go to them and I'd give them five grand in cash. And I'd say, look, this is just lousy, you know. You know, I, I, somebody's going to buy your house. I bought the house. You know, it's in foreclosure. And they're all, you know, yeah, we know, you know. I said, so here, let me, I want to help you. Let me give you a little contract here. You can give it to your attorneys. I don't care if you sign it or not. But I, and I don't remember the number, but I, I would put them in for the profit. I said, so, you know, you understand I'm going to fix up this house and I'm going to sell it and I'm going to try to make a profit. Yeah. Well, what I'd like to do is not just make a profit, but give you some of that profit as well. They're like, what? And I don't remember if it was 10 or 20 percent I gave them. Uh, it's been a long time now. And I would give them five thousand dollars in cash to start. And I'd say, look, this is a you know, down payment on what the profit's going to be. And this is where it's going to you know, go. And you're going to get more money than this. Uh, but I wanted to help you out because you're probably in a you know, little trouble right now. And instead of them destroying the house, 
they would ask me, how quickly do you need us out? They were my partner now. They would all be wanting me to win. You know, it was a completely change of the mentality of everything. It was, it was a, a good experience instead of a negative experience. So, you know, I did that. I did a whole bunch of different things in all different industries. And then I took five years off. I was retired and I was didn't expect to be retired. But after five years, I believed it. I was not interested in getting back in until bad day, a good day, bad day. A friend of mine told me about Amazon and Amazon sellers. And I personally love helping people grow businesses. Yeah. And I love mentoring younger people. These are the things that I did in retirement. You know, I, I, I just did it all the time and I do it still all the time. So I pictured myself. I went to bed that night and I had a dream. And, you know, I'm going to tell you, as you get older, the dreams start to slow down. When you're younger, you know, you're 30 years old, you go to bed and you're dreaming and you're like, you know, you still think that if you go to a baseball game, you know, and the third baseman breaks his leg, they're going to say, hey, does anybody know how to play third base? You know, <laughs> whatever it is, I'm going to be this, this, you know, superstar baseball player, football player, whatever yeah. it is. And you, you lose those dreams because they're unrealistic. Well, now here I am, you know, 60 years old and I'm not dreaming about all these things anymore. You know, I'm just enjoying life. Well, I go to bed that night and I see myself on a stage with thousands of people in the audience. And I don't know what I'm saying, but I'm helping them all grow their businesses and I'm helping them with their life. And that's what I love doing. I woke up in the morning, I'm like, holy cow, that's, that is what I love doing. And this is an opportunity to help a lot of people grow their businesses and you know build their businesses and, and help their lives. I didn't know how. And then we sat down at a, um, a lunch in Manhattan and just over maybe an hour, hour and a half, we came up with a model that's never been done in finance. And, uh, you know, it's something that's fair and that's never done. You know, the lender is always protected, you know, beyond, beyond, beyond. And the, whoever the borrower is, is screwed no matter what. And, you know, we came up with something that's co totally fair and everybody wins. So you have to pause. You have to pause there because I have questions, and I and we right. can't we can't give them the we can't give them the punchline right away. Okay? No, so, couple, <laughs> couple of things. The one thing you said there was you know the play. First of all, to anyone listening, he went through that in let's say ten minutes or less, and um, you know that career is an amazing career, Don. And just you know, I just want you to know I really respect that, and I know a little bit more details than whatever you shared. And um, some of those accomplishments are are massive. And something I can relate to is that, you know, I don't even like to say I'm a serial entrepreneur because I think it's more of like a you're saying that to sound some type of way, but you truly are a serial entrepreneur. And I would like to think that I'm a budding serial entrepreneur. I like to yeah, be involved in a lot of things. And, um, you know, for me, it's fun. Like, you know, I've been been a, I've been a model when I was never a model and used to have body image issues. It was cool. It was fun. It was out of my comfort wow. zone. It That's was great. like, you know, it was like uh, someone volunteered me. I took a leap immediately. My very first show was a Hershey's take five candy bar and uh, got paid five grand when I didn't have money to have a beard and tattoos. I said, sure, then why not? Um, wow. You know, I've represented myself in court before uh, in a legal proceeding. I've, wow. um, you know, I've, I'm a speaker now, I guess. I used to have yeah. like a speech impediment uh, as far as like getting caught up, like in front of people, wow. public speaking. Um, you know, a lot of things that really just I've done to push myself, right? Yeah. Not even out of necessity, just like 
this is something I want to conquer to see if I can do it. You know, can I, can I run a musician as like a manager, as a general manager, kind of like you did with the movies, right? It'd be a producer. Um, You know, I toured playing music for almost five years and there's a part of me that's like, okay, I, I understand this marketing stuff now. I would really love to be able to put my firepower behind like a young musician yeah. Um, where I didn't get that opportunity, I can do it for someone else, you know, mm-hmm. and have fun yep. doing it and kind of be involved there. So I can really relate just to, you know, moving project to project. And something I didn't used to understand before that I'm learning a little bit in my 30s is that not everyone, I believe that most people like if you if you get intentional and you live a life by design, and you make a plan and you stick to it consistently, like you can do whatever you, your heart desires. If you you can chase it, you know, and some of those dreams die when they become physical athletic dreams. Yeah. You know? Yeah, they do. Right. Okay. Like the baseball at third base, there's just yeah, a limit. It's... There's a limit there. Right. But most things, you know, you can do, uh, regardless, you know, as someone that's built something out of nothing, uh, which is Marknology, I know that to be true. I've shared that with others, but there's something special about entrepreneurs that I think gets, gets saturated a bit. It's like not everyone can create something that's never been done or create something completely out of scratch. And that's that is the, that's a unique thing to be able to kind of see the end, uh, you know, and then also just a starting point, not knowing exactly what's in the middle of what you're yeah. trying to build and, you know, and just going and doing that. And I remember paper routes. I was mowing lawns <laughs> and had, pa- had some paper routes. Uh, I definitely didn't scale mine to that level. Oh. It was like, uh, you know, my hunger wasn't there, but I, I had a question about that to you was, so you're 11, you're 12. Did you have a school teacher or did you have an idol or did you have like a movie that you saw that just like, you know, got you interested in, in stocks? Like, can you remember that far back? Like maybe what first inspired that? You know, uh, it was just that I wanted to make money. I just wanted to make money and I knew, you know, I didn't know much. I knew of stocks. I knew stock brokers at the time made a lot of money and I was just interested in learning about money. You know, I, that, that was about it. I was interested was, in sports and money. Did the family not have money? Was that like a, maybe oh, yeah, a drive, we had like- no money? So if, if you would laugh if you like we I grew up in Brooklyn and the house that we grew up in. So my parents, my three sisters, myself and a dog. So six, six people and a dog with one bedroom and one bathroom. All right. And then a basement that was probably 300 square feet, just to put it in perspective. And me and my sisters each had one corner. So our beds were in each corner. There were no walls. It was just, you know, a corner and corner. There was probably a couple of dressers down there if it could fit. But, you know, if they could, maybe there were two dressers and, you know, we'd share those. And that was it. And there was nothing. But, you know, my, we never thought we didn't have money. We thought we had everything because my parents yeah, gave us, you know, oh my God, you know, I, I, I credit, I think of them every day. Not only do I think of them, but at some point every morning I have pictures that I lay out on my desk to start my day of my parents and my grandparents and aunts and uncles to thank them all for believing in me and for supporting me and to, you know, kicking my ass when I needed my ass kicked. And, you know, just uh, helping me be the person I am and helping me grow and, you know, loving me through my whole life and bring, giving me so much fun. So every day I start with that. I relate to that. I, I one, 100% believe in symbols and, um, so you know, I. for, for, a, for a, a secret hack of dopamine, right. Or whatever it is, like rem- remind you of your gratitude or remind you of like what you've accomplished already. 
I'm, like my tattoos are those things to me. Um, but even pictures here, I know the podcast people can't see them, but these are some of the places I grew up around the world. Montreal, where I was born, uh, Yonde and Cameroon, Kansas City. Wow. These places that mean things, you know. Um, but also, I think a superpower is like, you know, I was raised in a family with gratitude first. We had nothing. So what we did, they did, they still were positive, right? So they were missionaries. Yeah. Um, they gave right. back. I was taught like immediately from day one, like, you know, give back and and gratitude and understood how blessed we were to be. Um, even though I grew up in Africa until I was 16, I still understood what it meant to be an American in Africa. Wow. Interesting. Right. And uh, so like the, the privilege that came with that way before white privilege was something spoke about or anything like that. It was like I have American privilege, you know, That's first right. and foremost and came back to the U S and then found out I was poor uh, by, <laughs> by, my, by most, um, by most standards, you know, um, it's not until you go to a public school in a nice suburb that you're like, oh, wow, like, you know, my clothes and my shoes and everything is, is yeah. off when you're in Africa. You know, you look nice regardless. Yeah. So um, that was definitely a perspective shift. But something that I've leaned on as a superpower to just be like, you know, my gratitude starts at clean water. And like my and my happiness starts with with family, you know, and I built my business with my family. Um, but it was definitely a motivating force for me. Yeah. Um, as much as freedom would be number one, it was like, I realized I needed financial freedom for me and for the family. And, uh, so once I had geographical freedom, I was like, this isn't really freedom until I have financial freedom. And, uh, I've gone really hard ever since I kind of like, you know, focused in on that. I'm going to, I'm going to just chime in on this for a second, because I think you'll enjoy this. And I don't think I told you this. I'm sure I didn't. One of the things that I was able to do because I did well financially is, you know, not only pay for college for my kids and all that, but I went out to my nieces and nephews and I created a, uh, uh, an education foundation, if you will, you know, that's what I just what I called it. It was just a way of giving them money. And I would, I, I what I did was if you got a, a bachelor's, you got 25 grand, uh, a master's, you got 50 grand. And if you got, uh, you know, a third degree, like a JD or a doctor, you got 75 grand. So I was able to go wow. in, into each one of their houses and sit down with them, my wife and I, and give them these checks. And it would go, we, we told them first, if you have any loans, it goes against the loans and then you can use it. But, you know, one was able to buy our house, first house as a result, you know, all different stories from there. And who knows how that changed their lives going Legacy. For, you know, long term. Legacy. But done. then I went to the next level and I started a fund uh, for their kids. So I think I have like 15 great nieces and nephews now, and all of them have a smaller college fund. It's a big number, but it's, you know, it, it gets spread out among a bunch of people. And uh, I'm just hoping they stop having kids because I'm going to go broke. <laughs> that is that is absolutely amazing. It's a wonderful um, thing to be able to do. Yeah, I mean, I honestly, I think some people have it backwards. Like I want to talk about a little story. I'll keep names out. But I was at a conference recently, I was having a conversation with another business owner. And um, I was talking about, you know, focusing on my managerial KPIs. Okay? Yeah. So just having a conversation, what I've been working on in marketology is like, being able to look at my different departments, and be able to like track them to a certain level of, you know, we get 90% done of the work, you know, the workload, like, where are we at? And in yeah. every area of my business, because I'm a full service agency has kind of different tracking metrics for that. We haven't necessarily been organized enough to be able to, in real time, kind of see 
how people are doing. It's more of like a gut instinct, check in on them, look at projects, like are we closing them out? Um, but I'm trying to set incentives, okay, across not yeah. just my sales team, but incentives Great. from the warehouse to the account team, to the creative team, to everything. And to me, this is like a no brainer. It's like, you know, you take care, once you're at a certain level, I've got, we're just shy of 40 people. Um, I, my job now full time is to take care of the people like, you know, serve them best, figure out how to make their jobs better, how to make them better. Um, you know, how to set us up for success, go out there and get fun projects, not just, you know, yeah. projects that grow the team, all that kind of stuff. And so for me, incentives is like a, is a no brainer, even to the point of incentivizing people, uh, that don't, you know, that don't have sick days that don't call in or that just do the, the status quo. But if they're doing that and crushing that, you know, don't, don't hold them mm -hmm. back. So these are just, you know, things I'm experimenting with as a leader. And I got pushback. I got pushback from the gentleman. And I was just like, Oh, from the other guy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah from the other guy. Right. I got Why? pushed, you know, he's a business owner. He says, I've been in business like 30 years. I'm like, okay. And he's like, you know, he had a, he had a team before where it was a sales team, which I got out of him. And I'm like, listen, I'm trying to incentivize people that aren't just sales. Like, you know, right. I'm trying to incentivize all of my employees. He said, you know, what they were doing is they would like, they would get these leads from the internet. There'd be calls and then they would like to sell them on an upsell or on some products or like, you know, something back yeah. in the day. And they created this incentive where you could kind of price it however you wanted the item to the customer on the phone. And if they like price it high enough, uh, they would get these bonuses from the company. That was the incentive. Like if you sell this okay. at $300, you get X. And if you sell it $200, you get X. I don't like it first off, but that's a whole nother story. A hundred percent. Why should you change the price on the name? Yeah. But, but uh, you know, essentially what was happening was they were marking that price up a ton to hit those incentives. And then on some yeah. other items that they were selling, they were selling them. They were essentially taking the money from these and moving it over there. And I said, you know, in my mind, they were just responding to the game, to the system that was like, you know, this is already a kind of crooked thing. So like, why not right. you know, move it around uh, and hit the goals? We should be getting paid for all of them. And I didn't really pick apart his methodology. I just picked apart like, you know, the difference in people and, and the difference in like, you know, I'm sorry, I don't know who those people were. I don't know what your system was, you know, but I couldn't understand. And he was just adamant about, um, you know, non incentivizing your people. He thought that that ruined them. And I just walked away from it, like doing my best to not, not engage, you know, yeah. in, into something any deeper. I could see my other sales guy with me just like trying to zip his lips <laughs> as well. Because never in my life, like, you know, any, if I've learned anything, it's that like, whatever you give comes back tenfold, you That's know? Right. And so it's like, it's honestly becomes a game, just like people consider failing the way to learn. And so you embrace failure and you jump at it. That's kind of how I think about gratitude as well. And being able to give, it's like, I'm giving as much as I can because I already know the principle it comes back, you yeah, know? So does. Um, so let me, I want I want to chime in yeah. on that for a minute because uh, I've done incentives in all my businesses with you know entire companies. Imagine having thousands of employees and create incentives for each one of them. Wow! You know, so it takes takes some work. It's not an easy thing. But if you do the incentives properly, then you're going to get the right results. If you do it improperly, you're going to get the wrong results. He did it improperly. His goal was not to do the right thing. His goal was just to put more money in his pocket. And that's not necessarily the goal. Like in your goal, your goal, number one goal, is not about putting more money in Mark Knowledge's pocket. It's about helping your clients grow 
and be like super fans and crazed that this is the best company, the best decision I ever made in my life is to work with Andrew and Marknology because Susie over here in the warehouse is just killing it for me when I need it. Like, you know, that's what your goal is. Yeah, and how do you, how do you incentivize that? And I'm sure that's what your incentives are doing. And uh, so I, I think that just is an absolute right thing to do, but it's very important. It's not something just to jump into. It's something to make sure you do it correctly. And I think that's where, like, for me, it's been every single department, every area I'm in needs to have its own separate ones. You know, it can't be a generic apply all. Right. And so we're now to that point where we can track it, which means that I can incentivize it, you know, and I'm excited about that because I think that's where you can get people to care, you know, that just next level, you know, even if you've hired the right person. So stay with that for a second. Another big thing for every business is to engage their employees engage the staff. So, you know, you have different groups doing different things in your organization, but to sit with them, you know, and whatever the department is, marketing department, whatever it might be, and it might be 10 people in there and sit with them and say, okay, what's good? What's bad? What, what impediments are we putting in the way of you doing the business better? How can I help you? You know, things like that. And I'll give you an example. You know, it's a very simple thing called, you know, the suggestion box, you know, very basic, right? Well, I started a suggestion box in my my very first mortgage company. And one of the things that I learned from it, and I did it in every company afterwards, all right, including with thousands of employees, not an easy thing to do. And, you know, got plenty of pushback from the senior team because I wanted them to review every one. And they had work onto their plate, but it changed the company. And uh, so with what I learned from it is that when if you do suggestions, if you're getting more suggestions every month, you're doing something right. The company is the people are engaged. We're hearing about quiet quitting. You don't have quiet quitting. People are engaged in the business. They want the business to do better. So the first suggestion and every every month, you know, whoever the best suggestion that was implemented, it had to be implemented, would re- get money. And then they go into the pool for the you know quarterly and, and annual. And the first suggestion, uh, I had to ask this girl, Regina, this is like 40 years ago now. And I went over to Regina and I asked her, you know, what do you mean by this? You know, something about the the lights in the parking lot. And now I own the building and we had a, a, a beautiful brand new building I built. And, you know, it was a little remote on Long Island. It was right off the, the main road, but it was, you know, we had a lot of trees. So she said, well, you know, I like to work later. And when I leave at night, the lights are out and I feel a little nervous walking out to my car. The lights are on a timer. All it took for me was to go into a closet change the timer, and now the lights are on. And not only did Regina want to work later, but so did a lot of other people. And so now this stupid thing, this little basic thing, I was able to change in two seconds and I got more work out of everybody and that's what they wanted to do. So everybody won and it was amazing. When I did it in the mortgage companies, you know, again, thousands of people, and I implement this. The first one was... Uh, something about the interest rates on our rate sheet at the time. And again, what do you mean put them in the proper order? Well, as it turns out, our first page would be fixed rates and they would go from the highest rate to the lowest rate. 
And the second page would be adjustable rates. And they would go from the lowest rate to the highest rate. So you have to think opposite when you're thinking each one. Oh, well, that's stupid. I would never see that. But that was one of the first ones. That was the first suggestion. Easy, easy, easy change. And everybody was able to do their business better. And now that person and everybody in the company knew that we're implementing what you're saying, what your ideas are, and we're congratulating you and compensating you and appreciating you for that. And the company just, the amount of suggestions we got were off the charts. Amazing. And we, you know, we gave huge prizes and everything, but it was, it was so much fun. It was, I love we it. built, we built technology to manage it because it was unbelievable. It was great. The amount of like, the feedback, you know, I love that. And I think that when you, when you really are trying to be the best, yeah, to just make money. Right. Yeah. That's, that's when you lean that direction. Um, I want to talk, I want to talk, I want to take this conversation and talk about Crewme so anyone listening can really understand what exactly you guys are, why you built it, and, and how you can help sellers or, or help businesses. Sure. Um, before we jump into that and, and dive a little bit deeper, uh, I want to give a shout out to our sponsor. Finding expert software developers doesn't have to be difficult, especially when you visit fullscale.io. We can build a software team quickly and affordably. Use a full-scale platform to define your technical needs and then see what available developers, testers, and leaders are ready to join your team. Visit fullscale.io to learn more. Um, a great platform if you're trying to develop software or looking for talent. They have everything you need under one roof. Simply go to fullscale.io, type in your search for what you're looking for, and um, you'll be taken care of. Okay, Don. So they sound great. They are amazing. It's uh, you know, it's the it's the founders of this show. Um, you know, it's a mentor of mine that built the company. Um, an absolutely amazing, um, amazing company and an amazing sponsor for, for the startup hustle podcast, for sure. I've um, checked them out online online and I was blown away by the, by the individuals that started it. Very right. Cool. Yeah. The, Matt and Matt, they're, they're absolutely yeah. amazing. Um, brought me in in 2020 to be a podcast host. And it's been one of the, the best things I've done, uh, since just honestly getting cool. to talk to not even sometimes like outside the Amazon industry, which for me can be a breath of fresh air sometimes when yeah. I'm living and breathing this and need, and need a breather. Um, just getting to talk to inspiring founders and and get refreshed on why'd you build this? What was your why? Yeah. You know, for me it was it was family. Um, you know, getting getting my family taken care of, getting health needs taken care of, getting shelter. Um, and because of that, have shot much higher and been able to help a lot more people along the way. That's great. But when you hear um, you know, you just get into the grind of entrepreneurship and there's nothing like just a positive podcast. This isn't what this yeah. one's called, right? It's a startup podcast, but, um, you know, stories of, of other humans doing amazing things is, is inspiring to me. Um, and when I found out as, as we circle it around, when I found out about a me and how you were different than a lot of the other funding companies in the space that I've seen pop up, um, you know, it really caught me by surprise. I'll be honest. It caught me by Good. surprise. And um, I've honestly put a pause on any conversations with other companies kind of just like, uh, because I just, you know, I didn't understand how those work. And, you know, I'm always looking for options for my sellers. Um, but when I found out about how you guys work with sellers, um, for me, it was like, well, if I have one in need, I know where I'm going to go, or at least it's going to start the conversation. It starts with you, Don. Let's have the audience like, um, you know, your story led up to like, you know, what you guys created in Manhattan, you sat down, you came out with something, you know, yeah. like unique for this industry. I feel like I'm sure someone can prove me wrong, but I feel like what I do with, uh, Marknology 
was um, I started in services 11, 12 years ago. And so I wasn't a seller or a software developer that like started doing agency services or anything like that. I really felt like I was out there trailblazing and um, being one of the very first service providers in this space just was in Kansas City and wasn't everywhere. Right. So but I felt that weight of like starting something brand new that people don't know about almost like uh, to me, the strategy is like demand generation versus demand capture. There mm. weren't a lot of brands and manufacturers looking for Amazon services. I was having to convince them that they needed it. You know, now they're now yeah. they're looking for it. And it's like, hey, choose us. Like, you know, this is our reputation. This is why you want to work with us. Um, financing has existed for a very long time, right? Yep. From mortgages to, to all kinds of things. Um, and it made sense for funding to come up around the Amazon industry, just in the sure. same way that the trademark office sped it up to be two weeks to get approved on Amazon. A lot of things have evolved because of this industry we've created. Talk to me about what happened in that room in Manhattan and, um, you know, what's grown out of that. I want to hear the details. Well, there's a kangaroo and <laughs> there's kangaroos wild in Missouri. I didn't know that. Just found out. I didn't yesterday. know that either. <laughs> they, they, for some reason, they think it's important to our ecosystem. And now we have native to Missouri. There you go. I should have said a gorilla and then we could have oh. gotten into some crazy jokes. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I know this is the joke master too. Oh, that's uh, right. Yeah. So, so, you know, what, what came out of it is I didn't want to be like everybody else. And you say yeah. lending's been around for a long time. It's been around for over 2,000 years. And it, you know, I think back to it that it was done the same way for 2,000 years. There's a little difference here, a little difference there, but it's really basically the same way. And it's the lender giving you money, locking you up every which way they can to make sure that they never lose a penny. In lending, that's the goal. Don't lose anything. We, if we don't make something, that's one thing, but don't lose anything. And, and, and if by chance things don't work out, they're going to take your house and they're going to take anything they can. They're going to go after you and make life miserable. And that's just what it is. Well, <clears throat> we decided, oh, I decided personally, I didn't want to be a part of that. You know, I'm, I'm beyond that in this stage of life. I don't want to be the guy that's, you know, uh, going after people. And I, I don't want to have something that is negative to them in some respect. So we came yeah. up with something that's never been done before. And it is awkward going out and because people don't get it. And the argument we get or the objection we get is it sounds too good to be true. And I, I'll tell you how it works, but they all say it sounds too good to be true. And they want to know what's the catch. And there is no catch. But if anybody ever did this in the past, there'd be a catch. So, you know, it's just the way it is. So here's what we did. We created this. It, it sounds crazy. We give you the money to grow. And it's all about growth. If you need money to just pay bills, we're not the ones. This is all about growth. So we give you the money you need to grow. We don't charge any interest and we don't charge any fees. Uh, we don't have a term. So you use the money as long as you want. You know, uh, we have we have sell and we also don't have monthly payments. You pay us when it's right for you. I mean, that all sounds crazy, but you'll it'll make sense in a second. What we get out of it is we earn a percentage of profits and that's it. And if you don't earn money, we don't earn money. You know, if you pay us off in three months, there's no penalty. There's no nothing. We earn no profit for the first 30 days, zero. If you took our money today and you paid it back in 30 days, you'd owe us exactly whatever we gave you. End of story. If we gave you the money today and five months from now, you didn't earn any profits for five months, you'd still owe us the exact same amount that we gave you. 
end of story, no penalty, no nothing. Uh, so, you know, it, that's the way it is. The way the profit share works, it, again, we looked at that, like, how do we make that fair? And here's what we did. Simple. Well, you know, at, at a high level, you earn 100% of the profits on your money and you earn 50% of the profits on our money. So if we did this on, on uh, Shark Tank, we would win every single deal. We're not taking any equity in your company. You own 100% of the company and you keep all your profits and you keep half of the profits on our money and you pay us back whenever you want and the whole thing stops. It's, it's un unbelievable, really, but it's all real. Uh, and so that's at a high level. I want to, I'm going to take another minute and just give you a quick example. Okay, so pause there. Yeah. Because I wanted an example and I think I can help yeah. a little bit with this. Good. Um, so, you know, me and you have talked about Marknology, how, how we're different than some of the others and that we focus on profitability and like, yeah. you know, the full service thing. It's not just top line sales. We even avoid the type of clients that aren't, that aren't looking for like healthy businesses. Um, I just don't want my reputation attached to some of those and I don't want to lose when it's not our fault. So you got to get a healthy business. You got to get profitability figured out. How do you separate, you know, their money from your money in an Amazon account? And yeah. how do you separate, you know, what's growth, you know, from what's just there? Like, you know, what how, what does that look like practically? Uh, well, I'm I'm going to answer that, but I'm going to give you this example because this is okay, going to explain. Perfect. Because what I get, remember what I said, that the, the numbers that I said was high high level. So at a high level, that's the way it works, but that's not the details. So I'm going to give you the details now. First off, there's, there's two things. Let's just say you have $20,000 in capital, all right? $20,000. What's capital? Your inventory at cost plus your uh, receivable from Amazon. Add those up. They come up to twenty grand. Whatever that number is, we'll offer you the same amount. If you have $20,000 of capital, we'll give you $20,000. You can take less just not more. We don't want to have more money in the business than you have. All right. So that's our only rule. That's the only rule. And that's now, inventory that adds that that's at Amazon or in your warehouse. And that's um, money to be dispersed and money in your account. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, those, that's it. Okay. That's your capital. And we'll match that, whatever that number is. If it's a hundred thousand, we'll offer you a hundred thousand. If it's a million, we'll give you a million, whatever it is. doesn't matter. If it's 20 grand, we'll give you 20 grand. So 20 grand and we give you 20 grand. All right. And let's just say you're earning a 10% ROI. So let's just assume. So you're going to earn $2,000 on your $20,000. We give you another 20 grand. We take no profit for 30 days. After that, I'm going to assume that you're going to start earning roughly 10% on that as well. So you're going to have $4,000 of profit. How does the profit get split? This is the detail. The pro profit gets split. We're 50-50. Whatever percentage of the capital we, we have, so 50%, cut it in half. So we would get 25% of the profit. So there's $4,000 of profit. You would get three. We would get one. So how's that work? You got the 2000 from your capital plus half of the 2000 from our capital. It's the way it works. That's the way the math always works. And, you know, it's and just it works not that way until they pay back on the 20. And and let's say they let's say next month they pay us ten thousand dollars. Now and they have you know twenty thousand still. We'll just leave, keep it simple. So we represent a third of the of the capital. They have twenty, we have ten, so it's thirty thousand. We're roughly a third, so we would get you know half of a third. So you know sixteen percent, seven you know sixteen and a half, something like that for that month. And it would change every month. 
But the interesting thing is, go back to the original example, 20 grand, 20 grand, $4,000 of profit. You got 3,000, we got one. Let's assume you left your money in the business. Accrue me, the name accrue is that we don't take money out. So we're not looking for payments. So the $1,000 that we earn stays in the business. So next month, you have $23,000 of capital and we have 21,000. So now maybe it's, you know, 52, 48. So now we represent 48% of the capital, we would get 24% of the profit. Again, you would always be growing at a much higher rate than us. So if you just think of the math on that, what happens, and this is happening all the time with our, our sellers, is they grow so fast, they get so big, and our percentage of the capital and the profits go down organically every month. The, the pie gets bigger, our share goes down. And it's, it's an incredible thing to see. The way the math works is unbelievable for the sellers. They, they, they're blown away by it. I love it. I love the model. Yeah. I love the explanation. Um, from your perspective as a lender, I see the tax benefits as well, right? Well, like we leaving don't lend. Your... We, don't lend. We, okay. we're actually, we actually invest, but we don't take any, any equity. Okay. So yeah. what, does that, we, what does that look like practically? As someone trying, I have like, you know, equity in 15 companies right now. I'm always wheeling that. and dealing. So I'm like, you know, I've got some unique, unique, uh, structures. contracts, structures. Yeah. yeah with, with some of them, I'm always trying to learn new ways of doing it. Can you explain very some simple. of that to me? Yeah, okay. sure. So it's very simple. You know, almost all of them are LLCs, which makes it easy. And with an LLC, we just create a new operating agreement that creates the equity partner, which is the seller and the profit share partner, which is us. All we own, if you will, is a percentage of profits based upon this calculation. As soon as our money is no longer in the company, we owe nothing. We got nothing. There's, you don't need another operating agreement afterwards. You know, you can change it anytime you want afterwards, but you know, you don't need to. And okay, that's how that, makes a, that makes a lot of sense to me. I have a I have a partner on a smaller scale, um, and it, it's not just Amazon. Um, a local Kansas City guy that on several projects, it's it's based around a profit sharing, you know, agreement like that, um, without the equity play, um, less organized into an entity, right? And and yeah. you know, he's not trying to sell that as a business, but it's definitely the organization. So even working with him, I have a little bit more understanding about what you guys do. Um, it's completely different. And I can understand yeah, I why, um, you know, someone has to technically like kind of unlearn what we know about That's salespeople right. first exactly. and exactly. then unlearn what we know about lenders. Exactly. Right? And then if they have bad relationships with partners anyway, right, they, they've got That's those. Right. So, so you have some hurdles. Um, Yep. But I think like, you know, as we grow and as you get ambassadors like Marknology, which I'm I'm volunteer I'm volunteering ourselves, but as you All start right. getting those and getting people to help sell that story, um, you know, can make a lot of difference. And sometimes it's simply doing it in a little bit in a little way. You know, no, you don't have to take out twenty thousand. You know, it could be five thousand that you've got for this product you're ready to do. Um, you know, we are and always pushing that. We're always pushing take the least amount that you need. You know, if you need 20, if you need 10 grand, don't take 20. And, you know, is, and if you think about it, what, what normally happens? Let's just say, you know, you, you get um, an offer from Amazon for $100,000. Not for anything. You feel like you're, you're a big shot and you feel really good. It's a good ego boost. I remember my first business loan. I felt really, you know, 
proud of myself. Anyway, now you get offered a hundred grand, you're probably going to take a hundred grand. How much did you really need? So if you're paying 10%, just use that as an example, you know, $10,000 on a hundred grand. Well, what if you left 50 in the bank and you used 50 to grow your business? You just increased your, your, your cost to 20% because you're really only using 50. And I've talked to so many sellers on that exact example. And so many of them said, I did exactly that. And if you think about it, the next month, you're paying them back $10,000, $12,000. It's like crazy. It's the difference in having insurance or having a broker, let's say, that explains everything in detail to you. You know, yeah. and I think so so often when we don't understand something, we're quick to say, well, Amazon's offering it to me right here and I need it. And it's right here. It's click, click, click. They already, they already understand my back end and I... I don't have to worry about it. And it's, yep. and it's there. Well, it can be the difference in, in, you know, crushing your business or not. And I think one thing with the crew me um, that's valuable is that human aspect, you know, the yeah. human aspect of having people be able to explain it to you, understand what you're getting into basically smart lending, you know, yeah. in a lot of ways. And um, it's just a better route to go to. I know someone that even like it was 2020, I went to Babson college for um, the, the Goldman Sachs 10 KSB and um, I actually cool. got granted two master's certificates in the last couple of years, one from Babson College and one from uh, Missouri State University. Not, I, I'm, not, not, I'm not sending you money. Nah, <laughs> not, no, no, I'm not a grandkid either. But like, um, you know, these were two two universities that I never, I never expected after I got my bachelor's and became an entrepreneur that I would get any kind of master's. That's pretty cool. So, yeah, it was really cool. Um but whenever, so at Babson, you know, in one part, in one area of it, it's this crash course, a year, a year long thing. Um, you know, they're evaluating your business. You go in there with a growth plan. They help you. Mine was my warehouse, my fulfillment center. That was a business model I went in with that I wanted to like really focus on to grow. And in one area, I got super validated about what Marknology was doing, like our marketing efforts, like what I'm doing to grow the business, content strategy, my sales processes. And I don't get a lot of validation you just don't have anybody at the top when you're doing yeah. something saying like, good job, Drew. Yeah. You know, so you're like, am I doing the right thing? I don't know. So one part of it was validated. Another part was identified areas of weakness. Mm-hmm. And um, I went in and I learned, I kind of got empowered a little bit about my finances because I actually bought out a partner in like year two of Marknology that helped start it with me, bought her out and, um, you know, have built it since then. But she really helped me get started with my taxes. She helped me get set up in, in my quick in QuickBooks and get us all going um, but it was really her system that I took over and managed to keep it going. Got right. It. Instead of like me understanding everything about it, ins and outs. And I knew how to run a budget, but really to be able to speak intelligently about it or in a, like, you know, have an intellectual conversation, I felt insecure. And I'm saying this, I have a point, I'll bring it to the listeners. But <laughs> for me, it was about, I got, you know, just enough education and empowerment to come back and be like, I'm like, this is too important to not dig in and learn it and learn everything about, let's say, M&A or yeah. finances or be able to speak to my, essentially what I did is I just started speaking to my accountant and my bookkeeper and telling them what how I needed it to look. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that was, you know, I had to learn a little bit of the tech speak. So, you know, and and be able to refer to that. But I was taking a system that had been given to me instead of making it work for me. Right. And the difference has been explosion of growth over the last two years from Marknology. I know it's timing too with the pandemic, but it's been you know, something that I've really jumped into. And what I'm encouraging people to do is if you're looking to take loans, if you're looking to get capital, if you're looking to understand investment and giving up equity or, or giving up profit sharing or these things, 
you have to, even if you don't know enough about it and you feel like it's overwhelming, you have to dig in and yeah. you have to learn so that you can protect yourself and protect your business and really understand what's going on. So um, same thing with lending here. I think, yeah. you know, a lot of us, um, I grew up in a family that didn't have like a lot of loans and things like that. You know, I'm the first to get a college degree. Everything's been first generation kind of learning in that regard. Same here. Uh, I know how to save and I know how to be thrifty. That was taught, you know, but, yes. but um, you know, really understanding some of that language. I'm smart enough to understand if it's explained to me in layman's terms, um, but it can be overwhelming, you know, with all the acronyms and everything. Oh, like yeah, that. So definitely to, to them, I think accrue me, um, you know, just finding a partner that can explain it to you and show you examples and show you trends and show you case studies. Yeah. Um, it's so, so important, you know, yeah. and, and to make one mistake when you're trying to grow your business by, by lending from the wrong team is, um, can be I've catastrophic. Seen, I'm, see, I'm seeing it a lot right now. I'm seeing a number of accounts. Like I get involved in the larger accounts, the million dollar deals and things like that. Yeah. And I'm going to say as crazy as it's going to sound, eight out of 10 have gone to some of the companies that, you know, you would see at any trade show and taking out revenue-based loans. And I'm seeing how dangerous they are because if it just as a general rule, if when you're taking out a loan or whatever, if your monthly payment is greater than your monthly profit, don't do it. Even if it's the same, don't do it. You know, because you need cash flow. You need cash flow to grow. And if your monthly payment, imagine taking out a mortgage, right? Let's say your monthly income is $5,000 a month. And personally, and you go and take out a mortgage to buy a house and the mortgage is $10,000 a month. How long before you file bankruptcy? It's not going to be that long. Maybe it'll be a year. Maybe it'll be 18 months, but you're going to file because you can't get out of that. The only way out of that is to get another loan. And when you start going down the tubes, no other lender is going to give you the money. You're, you're, you're out of luck. Same yep, thing in this, same thing, your SOL, you same as this industry. And I'm seeing it that, you know, uh, I can give you examples, but you know, once you're paying more than you're earning, you're on that way down the toilet bowl and then nobody else is going to touch you. And the only people that are going to touch you are the people that you would never, ever, ever, ever want to go to. hundred percent. I'm seeing it. It's terrible. It's sad. Uh, and I want to come back to one of the things about us with, you know, the, the no required monthly payments. You pay us whenever you want. It's fine. But the idea behind it is that when you have opportunities to grow, you should use all the money to grow. If you let's say it's Q, Q3, Q4, and let's just use wholesale model as an example, because it's so easy. And you have an example, you have an opportunity, you have, you know, a number of suppliers and distributors. And one of them comes to you and says, hey, you know, Drew, I've got, you know, these 10 new products. I want to give them to you exclusively. You need $30,000 to, you know, buy them from me. They're all going to sell within 30 days at a, you know, 10, 15% ROI. And then I'll give you the same uh, deal next month and the same deal next month, you know, whatever, maybe more than that. Does it make any sense for you to take money out of your business and send it to a lender? Or should you use all that money to take advantage of the opportunity. And that's the idea is if you have the opportunities, you shouldn't be sending us money. You should be building your business and growing your business. And when you get slow, what's going to happen? You know, you're going to be flush with cash. That's when you should pay. Not when you're growing. 
we have companies that haven't paid us in two years, but they're growing into an exit. And when they exit, all we get is our you know, initial investment plus whatever the accrued profits are. They keep all the upside, 100%. We get nothing. I love that. Yeah, maybe they send example. us a couple, couple cookies. Yeah, maybe they send you a couple <laughs> cookies. I doubt they'll send you a college fund. But Don, Don we, we're up on time. And yeah, I, we like are. we might even have to go a part two on this, honestly, because I have a lot more questions for you. But I'm in. As we sign off, like, where can people find you? Where can they learn sure. more about you? I know you're going to have a booth at the Sell and Scale. Uh, yep you know, in, in Vegas, uh, next week, but, uh, LinkedIn website, uh, where's yeah. the best so spot to reach you? LinkedIn, you know, I'm one of these people that communicates, so don't feel bad about, you know, reaching out. I, I, I enjoy it. And if you need anything, even if you don't think you qualify or anything, uh, if I can help you in any way, I do, that's just what I do. So, you know, don't hesitate. I get more people that are not in business yet, but want to be. And I take the time to try to help them every single time. So anyway, uh, LinkedIn, it's my full name, Donald Hennig, H-E-N-I-G. Nice and easy. Uh, my email is Don, D-O-N, at accrueme.com. And the website is accrueme.com. And if you click get a funding offer, it's about three minutes to, you know, fill out basically a survey. You know, when did you start? How much inventory do you have? Then, you know, we'll ask for access, uh, developer access, and your cost per unit. Then we run it through our system. We we're able to come back and tell you exactly what we can do. We give you all the details, 100% in plain English. So I personally did that. I went through the agreements and I said, what's important? And I, you know, I just, I'm not a lawyer. And I just wrote it out like I would want to understand it. And so it's very understandable. I love That's it. I've learned, I've learned so much even just talking to you a little bit. <laughs> I'm, I need to get your, your ear, uh, at the conference soon. I have a couple things to run by you. I think that'd be great for partnership. I love, I would love it. aligning Marknology with, with amazing companies and amazing founders. Uh, Startup Hustle listeners, thank you so much for your time and your attention. Don, thank you for your time. Thank and you, to our sponsor, Fullscale.io, that can help you build a software team quickly and affordably. Thank you as well. We'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.